What's going on, everyone? Thank you guys so much for being here. Today, I will be rebutting this video. Let me ask you a question. What species is a fetus? So if, if it's a fetus and it's alive, wouldn't that be a human life? By Charlie Kirk, which talks about abortion and basically where he goes to an abortion protest and converses with this girl who's not arguing the pro-choice position very persuasively, but nonetheless, I still do want to respond to this video, respond to the points that he makes in this video, because I think that he's very disingenuous with the way that he argues, and I think that his points are very easily um, able to be pointed out by uh, someone who knows a little bit more about the pro-choice position and um, how to refute a lot of logical fallacies and flawed arguments. Um, when it comes to this video and videos in general, it looks like Instagram and YouTube are going to be my future here on social media. My future on TikTok is definitely looking grim uh, considering the amount of times that I keep getting uh, banned from posting. I've gotten multiple reports saying that my account is at high risk of being permanently banned. I've technically been permanently banned on TikTok twice, so that kind of looks like a lost cause. So it looks like it's going to be Instagram and YouTube moving forward, so I really appreciate all of the support everyone's been giving me, how fast I've been growing on Instagram, and I have no doubt that hopefully these videos will be doing better on YouTube as well with this longer form content. So thank you guys so much for being here. If you enjoy what I do here, feel free to give me a follow over on Instagram, which is um, linked in the uh, description below, as well as on TikTok. If that's still up and running, that would be great, as well as subscribe on YouTube. So thank you so much, and uh, let's get the headphones on and get right into this video. All right, and let's jump right in. Let me ask you a question. What species is a fetus? So if, if it's a fetus and it's alive, wouldn't that be a human life? So you're okay with disposing of a human life? An undeveloped human life that can't sustain itself? What about people that are clinically mentally retarded? All right, well, that's our first issue, is he's using a very outdated medical term. Um, the term mentally retarded is uh, nowhere used anymore in practice. It is actually very ableist, and a term that is largely used to degrade people um, who have mental disabilities. Uh, so that's not a... Um, correct word, and obviously this is a totally non-sequiting argument because no one actually believes nor uh, makes the argument that somehow people who have um, cognitive decline um, don't deserve to live. The Also, the issue here that we're going to get into is the fetus is reliant on the mother's bodily organs to survive, the uterus, the bodily function, the umbilical cord, which, which provides blood and oxygen, all the nutrients it needs to survive. If someone who has... Um, cognitive issues is reliant on your body alone, your bodily organs for survival, obviously they are not entitled to that the same way a fetus is. So I've made this argument before, and I'm sure that it will become redundant throughout this video, but the pro-choice positions does not deny rights to the fetus. We are simply giving a fetus the same rights as we would to any other person, and that is that no person has a right to use another's body without their consent. This is not a wild idea. This is a very well-established idea. There are very um, long-lasting, there's a lot of long-lasting Supreme Court precedent for this, including McFall v. Shimp. You should take a look at it when it comes to the state obligating people to um, provide their bodily um, fluid, uh, in that case being bone marrow. Uh, yeah, it's not legal. The state can't do it. So this is in no way different uh, to that. Uh, Charlie may make the argument that somehow, oh, you're still using your body. Someone has to take care of 
these people who are in their later stages of life and can't sustain themselves for that purpose. For one, we're talking about um, one, maintaining homeostasis. And even if these people can't maintain homeostasis, uh, someone caring for you in that manner is very different than um, requiring your bodily organs to survive. And this, the latter is never uh, the case when it comes to the law f- forcing people to do so. Um, a good example of that would be when it comes to someone serving jury duty. You are obligated to serve jury duty. That is something that by law you are obligated to use your body to do. However, that doesn't, that's not the jury or the law would never force you to donate tissue or organs. So there is a differentiation between doing things with your body and requ- and um, being required by law to give parts of your body uh, to the government or or use of your body or organs uh, at the government's, uh, I guess, mandate. So that's where I would say uh, that issue that might have gone a little bit too in depth on the first thing, and I'm sure a lot of this will become redundant, but I just wanted to get them that out of the way that this scenario to people who are um, needing to be cared for is not a valid comparison whatsoever at all. So let's continue. Should we dispose of them? Yeah. Why? They can't... They- they can't. They can't live without function of other individuals. Already addressed this. They're what? They're not a parasite. Wait. So you think a six-week fetus is a parasite? So this is this is an interesting question. Um, because a lot of people like to use this argument. Oh, the fetus is a parasite. Um, the common objection I hear from pro-lifers, which would be correct when we're talking about just a parasite is that it's not a parasite because by definition, a parasite has to be of another species. However, it would be true because a kleptoparasitic relationship can be um, interspecies, and it's where an an organism of the same species is fully reliant on another animal of the same species for survival. So this would be, could be classified as a kleptoparasitic relationship. Regardless, I don't really think it's a necessary argument. Um, I think the use of the word parasite is largely just an emotional kind of, you know, uh, you know, jab, but uh, I don't really think that's a relevant point, but I just wanted to point that out. Uh, technically, the relationship between the mother and the fetus could be classified as a kleptoparasitic relationship. So, you know, you were once a six—you were once a six-week fetus. You were once a six-week fetus, and I'm glad that your mother decided to have you. Are you? Okay, so this is such a weird argument, and the reason that it's a weird argument is because just because I used to be something doesn't mean that somehow other people should have to use their body to gestate me by law. That's such a weird argument. Let's say, for example, I am in need of a kidney donation or I will die. And someone voluntarily and generously um, allows me the use of their kidney to survive. That is amazing. That is awesome. I am eternally grateful for that person. But just because I received that doesn't mean that I now would think that the government should obligate that person to give me my kidney if I were to go back in time. They still have a right to their own body, regardless if whether or not I would die without their bodily organs. That is a fact. So to go back and say, oh, what if you were aborted? What if your mom had aborted you? I'm glad that she gave me the opportunity voluntarily to use her body for nine months to survive. However, I don't believe she should have been obligated by the government to do so. The same way that if uh, a patient had a serious disease and they were given the uh, treatment from another person, such as a bone marrow transplant or a kidney donation, 
They would be grateful for that, but they wouldn't automatically think that therefore the government should obligate that person to use their body. This is a false dichotomy that Charlie is making, and it's 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 ridiculous. Just because that someone was in a position doesn't mean that therefore everyone should be obligated to use their body in that way. So I think it's a ridiculously fallacious argument. No, you, you, you. Okay, life is hard, but if you wish you were aborted. See this Okay, so this is this is sad. I, I am I'm sad that this woman doesn't feel that her life has value. Um I, I hope that it's not true. I hope she feels that she's somehow contributing positively to the world. Clearly she's at an abortion protest and she's standing up for um equality and um the right of people to have produ- reproductive freedom, which I think is awesome and gives her life a lot of value that she's spending um her time to do this. So I, th- I think that's awesome. And if somehow she's watching this video, great job. I applaud you for um standing up for your own rights and the rights of people um across the world so uh, i think that in itself gives uh your existence a lot of value so uh thank you for that uh but yeah that's sad i'm sorry that you don't feel your life has value i don't think it's relevant to this conversation um uh at all i that, that's awful i'm sorry she feels that way but i don't think it's relevant to whether or not she you know whether abortion should be legal or not but we can continue on this is where you and I totally disagree. I want, I want you to have the right to life. I'm glad you're alive. You're not. I want more people to live. You don't know that. Do you know how many abortions happening? Happen, just do you know how many abortions happen every? Okay, this is such a weird argument. I want to go back to something he was saying before. He said he believes and supports her right to life. This is where conservatives and people on the right being pro-life or anti-abortion, their argument totally collapses. And it comes down to the distinction between positive and negative rights, and specifically the positive right to life and the negative right to life. So the difference is a positive right is something that you have, and because you have that right, you also have a right to the things you need to maintain that right, if that makes sense. So I b- actually believe in a positive right to life, and I believe that if you say that someone has a right to life, they also have the right to the necessities and things that they need to survive. For example, I think that healthcare is a right. I think housing is a right. I think food, I think water, all of those are rights. If we're going to grant someone the right to life, they should have the basic necessities they need to survive included in that right. But how do conservatives believe in a positive right to life? In what aspect are the things someone needs to survive considered a right to them? Never. They don't believe in healthcare being a right. They don't believe that you should be able to take someone's money, usually in the form of taxation, to provide things like healthcare and things like housing to other people. In no other scenario do they believe that you automatically are granted to the things that you need to survive. But suddenly when it comes to a woman's body, they are so willing to say that the fetus has a right to the woman's body. But you don't have a right to health care, which you need to survive. But the fetus has a right to the woman's body because it needs that to survive. Interesting. In no other scenario do they believe. They believe in a negative right to life in every other scenario. They just believe that you, that someone can't come in and kill you. Now, there's, of course, there's going to be this whole debate. Oh, abortion does kill. Well, that's a killing versus letting die objection that I don't think holds up to scrutiny. They would say that abortion is killing. I would say in certain cases it is. In certain cases, it is merely letting the fetus die due to underdevelopment. And in order to maintain this position that you think abortions that kill would be wrong and abortions that don't kill would be morally justified would be to say that certain abortions, uh, like RU486 abortions, the abortion pill, which blocks the hormone progesterone and causes the fetus to be flushed out in the next cycle, uh, as well as an abortion called a hysterotomy, which is merely a C-section of a pre fetus, 
viable fetus, those would be totally justified, but other abortions wouldn't, which I don't think is a position they would take, meaning that the killing or sledding die objection that they make is totally um, nonsensical and doesn't matter to their argument. So they don't believe that you have a right to use someone else's money, uh, someone else's property, any of that, especially including their body, no matter what. But somehow now when it comes into this, now they believe that you, that the fetus has a right to use the woman's body. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, if I'm being honest. Um, it, it, comes, it comes down to no, in no way logical consistency. It comes down to uh, misogyny, really, controlling women wanting to control people's bodies. Um, I'll get into an interesting post in a second that I think is really revealing of the pro-life position and explains it beautifully and very, very well uh, after we're done watching this video. But that's kind of where I lie on that. Charlie Kirk in no way believes in a positive right to life, but somehow now when it comes to abortion, he believes that you have a right to use someone else's body, but you are not obligated to wear a mask to save lives or get vaccinated. But apparently now a woman has to use her body to sustain the life of a non-viable fetus. Beyond me beyond me when it comes to consistency and principles, but who expected consistency and principles out of conservatives? So what's new? So let's continue on. Every day? Every day, no. I know Okay, so there's 3,000 a day. Do you think that's too much? So this is such an, uh, a terrible argument when he brings this up because he's never substantiated why abortion is morally wrong. Why should this girl care? He's not, he's not made a case as to why abortion is wrong. He hasn't. So if you haven't convinced someone that somehow what you're talking about is wrong than saying this many of them happen a day. So what? That's like saying, can you believe 3000 people got a medical procedure today? That's awful. I'd be like, okay, why? What's wrong with that? You haven't substantiated why it's wrong. He hasn't substantiated that. So for him to say that to her is some like big gotcha, it proves multiple things. One, he doesn't really, I don't know if it's not that he, he doesn't actually care about convincing her or he's trying to get it for viewers because clearly it worked because this video has well over a million views. So clearly he's just trying to sympathize with the viewer because he knows most people are watching are already against abortion. But you have to already have that belief that abortion is wrong in order to care that 3,000 of them happen a day. If not, who cares? It's like any other medical procedure, in my view. So this is a fallacious argument. And I, don't, and I think it proves that he's not trying to persuade her. He's rather just trying to make a video that's going to appeal to the audience and people who already believe that abortion is wrong. And clearly it did since this has uh, over a million views. So um, dumb question, but what's new? Okay, do you want more people or less people in the world? Less. I think there's too many. We can't feed them. We can't house them. You want less human beings? Yes. So that's actually a really good point. And this is an argument that's made a lot by people on the left and people in general. They say, oh, we have an overpopulation problem. This is not true. We do not have an overpopulation problem. We have the resources, the homes necessary to house people, the food necessary to feed people, the water for people to drink. We have all of that. The, we don't have an overpopulation problem. We have an artificial scarcity problem. The issue is that capitalism does not efficiently at all allocate the resources people need to survive. Capitalists need people to be in poverty to profit. Therefore, they make these resources that people need to survive, like healthcare, food, water, housing, purposefully hard to get and artificially scarce so that they make a profit. We don't. We do not have an overpopulation problem. People who tell you that are lying. We have an artificial scarcity problem. We have the problem that the resources that we do have are being hoarded by a small group of people who hold the wealth and power. That's it. So um, I sympathize with her. She's absolutely right. Currently right now, it's not that we can't feed them and it's not that we can't house them. It's that we choose not to. It's that our society values the profit and the wealth of 
wealthy people and capitalists over the well-being of everyone else. So yeah, we do not have an artificial scarcity problem. We have, we, we do have an artificial scarcity problem. We don't have an overpopulation problem. So hope that makes sense. You understand that's a eugenics argument. Thank you. She finally points out how dumb his argument is. At least for once, she pointed that out. He literally just said, that's a eugenics argument because you believe in less people on the planet. And as she said, no, yes, eugenics is talking about, I want less of a particular group of people. And that's not the argument she made. And she pointed that out. So Charlie tried to straw man her by calling her argument eugenics when it clearly isn't because she's just saying that in her view, we need less people because as she rightfully states, they're not being adequately fed, they're not being adequately housed or taken care of. And that's a fact. So I get it. I 100% understand where she's coming from. Now, I would argue that it's an artificial scarcity problem, not an overpopulation problem. But she's absolutely right in her assessment that we're not able, uh, we're not, we're choosing not to house the people, we're choosing not to feed them and provide them the necessities they need to survive. So, yeah. Thank goodness more human beings are able to live longer. I think. Yeah. And yet Charlie is not willing to contribute to any of these sort of programs or any of these systems that would help people have a better life, such as health care, such as providing things like food stamps to families. He wants to cut all of those. It is 100 percent true that once that baby is out of the womb, pro-lifers could care less. It's an objective fact when it comes to the policy they support. In no other case, whether it's military spending, immigration, healthcare, climate change, does the GOP, the Republican Party, care at all about human lives? So why would it be any different than the unborn? It's not. They don't actually care. I'll get to I'll get to a uh, quote on that in a second. But after this video, but it's it's interesting to consider. They don't actually care. It's just easy. It's it's, it's a vote grab. I've talked about this before. But let's continue on. It's a beautiful thing. That's great. So you would put hierarchy planet over babies. So again, oh my gosh, he straw man so much. No, she's talking about not having more humans that don't even exist yet. Let's not create more people. Let's not birth more humans because it is unsustainable for the planet. That's her argument. I'm not saying that it's unsustainable. I'm saying that we're not al um, efficiently allocating our resources, but that's her argument. He's saying, oh, you want, you, you don't want babies. It's like, no. Less, less people having children. That's what she's saying. Not to kill a particular group, like a eugenics argument, like he's making it out to be. No, that's not at all what, he, what, he's, what she's saying. But he's just strawmanning her constantly. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I Like trees over babies. Trees over humans that don't exist. Yes, <laughs> that, that's her argument. But of course, he's going to say babies like they already exist. No humans that don't exist, whether that's through abortion or just not conceiving children, not conceiving more humans. It's, it's ridiculous. You just, you, you're, I'm just asking because you say that more human beings has contributed to I a... Think, I mean, I don't think we should be actively trying to like, create... Thank you. That's the point. Good. That's I'm glad you said that. Human do, though. Not always. We, we don't have to. We don't have to create more people people. We don't have to birth more babies. That's not a requirement. No, I'm not imposing. I'm not proposing imposing like a child limit like they did in China. Like, but, but encouraging people to be more financially stable when they're having children or making it so that having a child is not like the expectation of people as it has been in the past would be helpful. 
would be helpful to people uh, being able to uh, survive and give the children that we have currently a better life. Now, I'm not saying we don't have the resources to give every child in this country and every person a quality life, but under our current system of capitalism that will create artificial scarcity for the purpose of profits for capitalists, um, yeah, no, our, our current system is not sustainable for more humans. That, that, that's a fact. Our current system as it is. So yeah, she makes a fine argument as to more as to why more humans is not a good thing right now. So yeah. Not everybody's like, yeah, I need to pump out more kids. Do you know? Do you know? Ninety-nine percent of abortions, more or less, are because of convenience, because people just don't want to have. Holy fuck! Okay, leave it to Charlie Kirk, a white man. To say that people get abortions, women and people in general get abortions out of convenience. This is the argument that drives me up the walls because it shows a lack of understanding, a lack of empathy, and is completely tone deaf to the struggles that millions of people face across this country. To say people get abortions out of convenience is to suggest that survival is just convenient. 50% of women who get abortions live below the federal poverty line. People get abortions because they can't afford having a child. And to have a child for a lot of people would be a death sentence or severely derail their life. It is it is absurd that he would say something like that. Also, abortion isn't free. Okay, on the lower end, abortion and things like the abortion pill cost hundreds of dollars, at least a couple hundred dollars. And on the higher end, later in pregnancy can be thousands of dollars. And the reason that is, is because that's a program that's not subsidized by the federal government. The Hyde Amendment makes it illegal for federal funding to go towards the abortion procedure. Therefore, abortions are much more expensive. Since a majority of women who get abortions are low income, do you really think a lot of them just have hundreds of dollars, extra spare dollars laying around that they can constantly just, uh, you know, spend on just getting abortions spontaneously whenever they want? Of course not. People are not getting abortions out of convenience. And to say that is so incredibly tone deaf and shows your complete lack of understanding, of empathy, and of knowledge of a very complex decision that is made between a woman and her doctor. And that lack of understanding on your part is the reason why that decision should be left in the hands of women and not the government. That simple. That is the easiest way to put that. It's infuriating watching a white man stand up like that and say women get abortions out of convenience. How tone deaf, how unbelievably tone deaf do you have to be? Disgusting. Child. And you, do you think it's okay just because something is hard to be able to dismiss of another human being? If you don't want to be pregnant, you don't have to be pregnant. In no other scenario do we say that you have to allow another human the use of your body without your consent. No other case. None. Whatsoever at all. If that newborn baby is born and it needed a blood transfusion or a bone marrow transplant that only the father could provide, the state could not obligate the father use his bone marrow to sustain the life of his newborn baby. Yet somehow they think it's legal to force a pregnant woman to use her body to sustain the life of this fetus. It's a double standard. It is 100% a double standard that exists nowhere outside of pregnancy and the womb. It's that, it. it's, it's that simple. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Forcing women to stay pregnant 
And saying that a fetus has a right to use the pregnant person's body without their consent goes beyond the normal rights we give to people like you or me. In no other place would we say that I have the right to use your body without your consent or vice versa. None at all. So to suggest that the fetus somehow does is beyond me, absolutely beyond me. What gives you the right or somebody else the right to dispose of another human being with a totally different DNA that will never be created again? Okay, and that person who needs my kidney to survive is a totally different DNA that will never exist again. That doesn't change the fact that the state still can't obligate me to use my body without my consent. That simple. Argument. John. Done. Done. If I decide you are someone that shouldn't be around, should I have the right to be able to remove you? Charlie, is she dependent on your bodily organs for survival? If the answer is no, then this argument is not analogous or comparable whatsoever at all. Good Lord. So is the so is the baby in the womb. Okay, she said it's not a person. Charlie says so is the baby in the womb. Uh, personhood and life and hum- and being human are not synonymous. Not at all. This is a philosophical question. And Charlie Kirk is just asserting that the fetus is a person and has never once given an argument for it. Not once. And you said it's a life and a human life. Here he goes again. Here he goes again. He's equating human life and person. Just because something is a human life does not automatically make it a person. Dogs are alive. Why aren't dogs people to you? Why aren't pigs people? Why aren't cows people? And I know there's going to be vegans who are watching now like, yeah, animal rights. Charlie Kirk's not a vegan. So I'm, I'm arguing for him. I'm not going to have a whole veganism debate right now. You guys are right. I'm wrong. That's all I'm going to say. But Charlie Kirk's not vegan. He eats meat. So why? What's the difference? He has never substantiated what makes human life more valuable. So he's saying human life automatically equals person. That's a begging the question fallacy. Not once has he substantiated that argument. Well, just because a baby can't live on its own does not mean it's not a person. That, that's a true statement. That, that would, that's not the only criterion or primary criterion as to why I would not consider a fetus uh, prior to uh, 20 weeks or 24 weeks a person. But uh, it has nothing to do with uh, being able to survive on its own, more with uh, you know cognitive ability and cognitive development that I would use. But sure, that, that, that's true. But he, she never like asserted that, I would say. You're okay with disposing of human life. Not forcing people to use their body to sustain the life of another human. That simple. I, I applaud you for being very clear with your indispensable fervor of human beings. Against or against human beings, for human beings, whatever. Good Lord. This is, this is insane. She's saying that pregnant people should not be have to be pregnant against their own will. That's kind of the whole point of being pro-choice. And Charlie is somehow trying to straw man this into some argument that she's not even making. I mean, good job for her for kind of just standing there and just like, you know, I would, I would, I would be much less calm than she's being right now, all I'll say. You do understand this is how like genocides begin, right? Oh, well, didn't take long until we got into Godwin's Law, where people, that's basically, if you haven't heard of it, it's uh, if you are on a conversation for long enough, it will eventually turn into someone comparing something to Nazis. But yeah, it didn't take Charlie Kirk that long, only three minutes and 20 seconds. But uh, no, uh, I've never heard of a genocide where the victims were dependent on the bodily organs of the perpetrators, and in 91% of the time, those victims of that genocide were not even aware that they existed. Wow. 
That's a strange genocide that has never existed and never will. My God, it's so it's so dehumanizing. It is so diminishing to victims of actual genocide to say that things like slavery and things like Holocaust were the victims of those abhorrent acts, experienced every bit of their trauma, were able to experience all of the pain, all of that, had families, had lives, had loved ones, had people outside of that, is comparable to a procedure in which 91% of the time the entity is not aware of its own existence and as many of times is not any larger than the size of a pea disgusting makes me sick when people do that it really does how someone can reduce such a traumatic experience to a medical procedure like abortion is truly beyond me excuse me no i'm not saying you are but dehumanizing and saying dehumanizing involves denying the humanity when has she denied that the fetus is human she hasn't not once not once has she denied that the fetus is human? Nope. But nice straw man, once again. I'm okay with disposing people because we don't want them. Disposing people, once again, he's equating the fetus with a person, which he hasn't argued for. So this is another begging the question fallacy by calling abortion disposing people. Haven't once substantiated that point. But no, it's not. It's not, it's not forcing someone to allow another entity the use of their body without their consent. I've said it again, and I'll, I've said it before, I'll say it again. But yeah, keep strawmanning. Is how hundreds of millions of people were killed in the last hundred years. They weren't killed. They were not uh, dependent on other people's bodily organs for survival. But nice try. Deserves protection? Comes to the person yet, yeah. Despite having a heartbeat. Oh, interesting argument, Charlie. So you think heartbeat is what define life? Uh, I can give you a bunch of animals that have heartbeats. Deers, birds, cows, pigs. You seem fine killing them. They have heartbeats. Why? Why should I care about a heartbeat? People can have heart attacks and their heart stops beating. Does that mean they're not alive anymore? No. Heartbeat does not define life. Someone dies when they're when they're considered brain dead. So why would we consider the start of life before the brain begins to function? Seems like that would make sense, would it not? Because a heartbeat, many animals have heartbeats. Why should I care? But all right. Interesting argument. Do you think abortion should be a form of birth control? It's not a form of birth control. It's not. Abortion is expensive. I've talked about why it's expensive because there's no federal funding subsidizing it. It's so expensive. Hundreds of dollars, if not thousands. And the majority of people who get abortions are lower income. You think they just have hundreds of dollars to just throw around whenever they feel like it? Of course not. It's not. It leads to a lot of people having unsafe at-home abortions because of the cost of abortion, but ridiculous. Real last resort. But it's becoming the primary resort a million times a year. It's a lot. Primary resort a million times a year. That's not true from any statistics I've seen from, I believe, the 2018 statistics. Now, I have not seen any, I don't think, more recent statistics, but I saw it was about 621,000 abortions. Uh, that's not anywhere close to a million. And interestingly enough, the abortion rate has consistently been declining since 1991 with the invention of birth control. Since 1991, we have cut the total number of abortions per year in half, over 50%.
we know what works. We know what works to lower the abortion rate. It's comprehensive sex education and accessible contraception, free contraception even. An example would be the state of Colorado offered teens free IUDs without parental consent, and they saw abortion rates drop by 64% in in that eight-year period while the policy was in place. It works. There are solutions. But ask Charlie Kirk if he supports either of those. Guarantee the answer is no. They don't care. They don't care. It's never been about reducing abortions, never been about protecting the unborn. It's been about controlling women. It's about making women child bearers. It's about forcing women into motherhood because that's the role that they see women. It's all it is. All that it is. How many people are on birth control? Quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Just brought up birth control. A lot of people are on birth control. And that prevents a lot of abortions, contraception. Do you know that the abortion rate is higher than the birth rate in New York City for black women? Do you know if you see a pregnant black woman in New York City, she's more likely going to the abortion clinic than to the delivery room? That's actually true. By the way, like that is true. A lot of women get abortions, especially low-income women, which are predominantly African-American. That does bother me, but it doesn't bother me because of the abortion that's occurring. It bothers me because the number one reason people get abortions is because of socioeconomics. They can't afford to have children. So that is indicative of the fact that black women are disproportionately impacted by our economic system. Black black people in general and um, becoming black women, uh, including black women. Uh, are disproportionately impacted and they have to get abortions or they get abortions at higher rates because of that. So when I see that problem, I don't look at, oh my gosh, they're killing babies. It's wow. African-Americans are much more likely to be socioeconomically disenfranchised. Therefore, we need to do something about that problem so that people feel like they can raise children. That That's how I view it. But Charlie doesn't view it that way. He doesn't actually view it either way because it's interesting how he brings up, oh, well, you see black women get abortions at disproportionate rates. I'd be like, okay, Charlie, is that an example of systemic racism? He'd be like, no, no, that's not systemic racism. I'm like, why are you bringing it up? You're saying it is, there's a disparity here. Whose fault is it? Is it a result of the system? If I press Charlie on that, I'd be interested to see how he obfuscated that question because he doesn't believe systemic racism exists. But as soon as we're talking about a conversation that when it comes to abortion, uh, he's very willing to bring, bring up the statistic that black women get abortions at disproportionately higher rates without ever addressing any of the causes of that. Number one being socioeconomics. Why are the socioeconomic conditions when it comes to African-Americans and white people so disproportionate? I don't know, Charlie. You tell me. But of course, you don't actually want to have that conversation because you just care about this um, unaware entity in the womb because it doesn't require any of your time, money, or uh, thought. Makes you feel good. So, yeah. Does that bother you? Like, do you understand the black birth rate has flatlined since passage of Rover, the decision of Roe versus Wade? So I'm not sure about that. I haven't seen the statistics on the flatlining of Roe versus Wade. And I don't know if necessarily that's because of Roe versus Wade or that uh, people are just having children less, children less. This is actually a fact that the birth rate has declined overall. So not just in the African-American community. So nice job, Charlie. Um, overall, it's declined because younger people are realizing they can't afford to have children. Having children is incredibly expensive. So therefore, people are delaying having children, if having children at all, because they can barely financially support themselves. We're, we are living in an economic system where the wealth and power is being more concentrated to the top 1% day by day. So yeah, people are going to be less likely to have children and less eager to have children because they can't afford it. That's simple.
So yeah, black people are probably included in that at an even higher rate because they might be even less likely to have children because they're even more economically disenfranchised. Look, at, do, do you see how, this is what annoys me so much. Do you see how integrally related all of these issues are? But of course, Charlie has no solutions to any of those. None. It proves that the pro-life movement does not care about any of the issues, anything involving human life. They care about the one issue that requires no time, money, or effort on their part. All they have to do is tell a woman no. Ugh. So we should. Wow, look how they just jumped to conclusion. She said, I don't think the world is that great for black people. Uh, she's not wrong. Systemic racism severely impacts African Americans. Um, quality of life. 54, 54% of African Americans breathe on clean air. African American schools receive on twenty three on average $23 billion less in funding, predominantly African American schools. The list goes on. She's not wrong, but of course now they're gonna do, oh, you don't think this should be born. This is a eugenics argument. You're a racist. Ah! That's all they're gonna do. That, that, that's that's their path. They're just trying to gotcha, 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 gotcha. No, that's not what she said. You're putting words in her mouth. But nice try. I'm saying they're not You understand this is the eugenicist KKK. No. That is not a eugenicist argument. What are you talking about? Saying that the world right now is not that great for black people in America is not a false statement. That's not saying you're against black people. That's saying our society does not value black lives, does not make being black in America an easy task by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah. Margaret Sanger argument. Thank you. Very true. Very, very true. Good job. So, yes, good job. And Charlie doesn't want to address any of that. Look how we just, he's going to completely, I guarantee it. I watched this video like a couple of years ago, but I haven't seen it. I usually like to walk into these cold because I just, I don't know. I don't like watch. I like for you guys to see my authentic reactions. So I haven't seen this in a long time. I saw it like a few years ago when it came out. But yeah, I guarantee you Charlie is not even going to talk about any of that. He doesn't want to actually talk about real issues. He just wants to talk about this one tiny, tiny issue that um, he can exploit for political gain. That's all. Well, infant bearing age of black women make up about 3% of the U.S. population and 40% of the abortion. Why? Why, Charlie? Why? Oh, my gosh. How do you ask questions and then never wonder or try to find out the answer? Why do black women make up a disproportionate amount of abortions? Why? God, it's so annoying. He doesn't even want to address the issue. Doesn't even want to address the issue whatsoever at all. Because he knows. He knows the, it, the reason. Socioeconomics. Our economic system that has royally screwed black people over since its founding. We were founded off of the backs of free enslaved labor. And since then, we've never given African Americans the proper opportunity to succeed in this country. Charlie doesn't want to admit that. Because that would actually require, as I said, time, money, effort, acknowledgement of privilege, any of those. He doesn't have to do that with the unborn. Doesn't have to do any of it. So it's easy. The black population has stagnated and not grown at all, basically as a percentage of population since the passage of Roe versus Wade. If someone was a racist, not saying you are, they are keeping the black population at perfect population control. So this is not true, by the way. Um, well, not exactly. And the reasoning is, is because the uh, pro-life movement is integrally related with white supremacy. A lot of white supremacists are pro-life, not because they're, 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 they're pro-life, uh, not because they want more black people to be born, but because 60% of the total abortions that occur are white babies. 
from Caucasian people. And they largely believe in this great replacement theory that they're very scared to lose a white majority in this country. And abortion does contribute to a more white babies being aborted, not at a disproportionate rate. Disproportionately, black people, as he, as he said correctly, make up a disproportionate rate of abortions, but overall people, more white babies are aborted out of virtue that they make up more people in this country. So obviously, so with the demographic shifts in this country, suggesting that white people will be a minority by by 2050, white supremacists don't want abortion. Because in their minds, that would lead to more white babies being aborted, and the demographics shifting away from a white majority country. So no, he's wrong. Most racists are pro-life, because they don't want there to be a non-white majority. So sorry, Charlie, you're just wrong. Something to think about. Yeah, you're just wrong, but okay. I want more black people. Hey, you? No, you don't. Yeah, you, no, you don't. Stupid argument. You were literally just using this sort of racist gotcha to try to make her scared and feel like, oh, I'm walking on eggshells. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to be perceived as a racist. Charlie, you don't give a flying fuck about black people. I'm sorry. I tried so hard not to swear this entire time, but I can't right now because you spent the entire time, and I have a video up of this up on my YouTube, vilifying Breonna Taylor, saying that she was a drug dealer and integrally involved, saying that somehow her boyfriend didn't have a right to defend her house. Oh my God. And now you want to come on here and say you care about black people. It infuriates me because you literally just could not care less about them. People in general. My God. Tried, I tried, I tried to not get mad. I, ugh. This is why I, I would fucking go off on Charlie. I, I know people say he has a punchable face. Oh, it's before you see him in person. Oh my God. Ugh. Well, that's something. That's basically the end of the video. Oh, man, good conversation. Okay. All right. Thank you. I want more black people in the world. No, you, you don't. want less. Shut the fuck up. Well, that was something, was it not? All right, let me bring myself up full screen. <sighs> so I don't have a whole lot to say after that. I've really mentioned and talked about a lot of the things that I would otherwise mention, but that's it. That's the primary problem is that the pro-life movement doesn't care about abortion. They don't care about human life. They care about control. They somewhat care about preserving a white majority in this country because they are largely white supremacists. Um, but no, they don't care about human life. Outside the womb, could not care less. It's, it's a control issue. That's all it is. So, well, that was definitely uh, got my blood pressure up. If you're still watching, I appreciate you so much for sticking around and watching. Um, feel free to uh, give this video a like and uh, drop a follow if that's something that you're uh, interested in or want to do, feel free to click the link tree down to find all my other socials and such. But if you enjoyed this, obviously, um, please subscribe on YouTube, Instagram, wherever you're watching this. But thank you so much for watching. I look forward to hopefully putting out more of this content soon. And I hope you all take care and have a good day. See you.